And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. It is Davy Erskine and Mickey Brennan here with you as always. And Davy, I suppose, uh, you know, like uh, the excitement on your face, first of all, um, because obviously we do this in Zoom, uh, Arsenal with a 90, what, 97th minute equaliser there against a, a massive team in Fulham. Huge result for the Gunners. And uh, yeah, I can see the excitement all over your face um, straight away after the game. Yeah, my heart is still racing after it's such an exhilarating finish to the game. And, uh, you know, thoroughly deserved point. I think we finished with two or three shots on target to Fulham's one. It was a real classic, um, proper London derby. But, uh, no, yeah, delighted to get the point and uh, continue our unbeaten run. <laughs> yeah, it just hasn't been, just hasn't been a, a great day for you. El Dorado at the, uh, 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 picking up the rear and, uh, of course... Arsenal picking up a, a point at the uh, at the Emirates. Uh, a really good day for you all round. But Davy, look, things are getting brighter, and there is hope at the end of this uh, 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 tunnel. There is daylight, and we do see that the GA calendar is about to start back. The intercounty training will start back. Uh, I think it's tomorrow, isn't it? On Monday. So that's absolutely brilliant. Um, I wonder if there'll be any more teams banned or any managers banned. For training today, maybe anyone gets caught today. Some crack if to go out at a minute past 12 tonight, isn't it, Mickey? Straight into Monday morning. But uh, Jesus, no. And <laughs> I think they've learned their lesson from the, the previous two in, in Monaghan and, and Dublin, which, you know, still still a little bit of a baffling one now looking at, looking back on it. But um, yeah, no, look, at it. it's great that they're back, Mickey. And I think that's the start of it then. You have underage kicking in from uh, Monday week, which is the 26th. And then hopefully we'll, we'll know a little bit more about club after that with the expectation that we may be back in some capacity uh, by the middle of May. All going well. Yeah, yeah all going well. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be back training maybe in pods or something like that in the middle of May and maybe even getting to play football from June onwards or the middle of June, which would be absolutely brilliant. And uh, you were saying, you know, like, you know, the two, Monaghan and, and Dublin, but you had Down and you had Cork as well. And there was a lot of teams that... Seem to get in trouble, and look, they're the only they're the only teams that were caught. Let's just say, I'm, I'm sure there was a, a a lot of teams doing collective trainings across the whole country. But uh, look, we'll know when they hit the ground running, and the other teams are a little bit slower to get started. Davey. <laughs> yeah, and Desi Farrell and Seamus McEnany will be at home watching on the telly like the rest of us as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll just be, I suppose, you'd imagine. Um, and I, I heard Andy Mack talking about this as well. You know, you can't, you, you can do what you can individually and 
you know, all the running and, and lifting weights and all that kind of jazz. But until you actually get match fitness up, every team is probably going to be at a similar enough level um, starting off. So I think that the league will be particularly interesting this year, Mickey, because there's no Burn Cup to sort of ease teams into it or McKenna Cup or whatever cup just to to get teams into the swing of things before the league kicks in. It's, you're, you're going to have to hit the ground running. Every team has three games to make an impression. There's no common grounds. You're either going to be in the top two or you're going to be in the bottom two. So your fourth game is going to be a playoff to get into the final of a promotion or the final of a relegation. So that's good. And it creates, I suppose, it creates that competitive edge and there'll be no um, dead rubbers or meaningless games, I suppose. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, uh, you know, that's, 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 that's the big thing is that none of them will be dead rubbers. Uh, going into the, the final round of league games, which is going to be really interesting as well when you see uh, the way that they divided up the different leagues and what does it need? Mayo, Westmead and Down um, making up their four teams. So, you know, none of them will be easy either. No, and we we obviously played Down and Westmead first um, and then play Mayo last. So, like, the expectation or the, the, the hope would be that we would be playing Mayo to maybe decide who would finish top of our own mini group and maybe get what might be perceived as an easier semi-final. That's in an ideal world, but as we know, Mickey, <laughs> we don't live in an ideal world. And no. uh, that could be a relegation scrap between ourselves and Mayo, possibly. Um, <laughs> which, which would be great, you know, if there was something really riding on it, instead of just deciding who, who finished top. If one team could possibly finish in the top two and the other one would end up finishing in the bottom two, that, that would be great. Yeah, it really would, like, because um, uh, you have to remember that there's no love loss between Mead and any of those teams. You think back of the the, the different games between Mead and Westmead, of course, 91 with Down as well, and then Mayo, 96, and, and just in general. Uh, you know, it, it's it, like Mead and, and, and Mayo's last All-Ireland win, 1951, I think it was, mm. was against Mead as well. So, like, there's just, there's, there's history between all of the teams that me they're going to be playing against. That's the beauty of this region. And it, and it won't be just our region. Every other region in Division 1 to 4 is going to be the same because they're going to have teams in close enough proximity. Granted, obviously, that there is other teams that probably aren't in ours. The likes of, we'll say, a Kildare or, or, or Leash or other teams. But, yeah, absolutely. The Mayo game is going to be the one, I think. Um, but, you know, Andy and, you know, the lads, they're not going to be <laughs> looking beyond... Um, down, or, down or Westmead because I think that'd be fierce foolish in, in this yeah. year of all years to be doing that so they'll want to get the job done first and foremost in, in those games before they can start looking ahead to that I suppose glamour tie in the last round Yeah and Davey just while you know we are talking about you know uh, Mead setups and Mead teams and stuff um, Lake Regale last week Bernard Flynn and uh, as well as that we had an interview going out this last week as well that you did with Bernard Flynn um, uh, with his uh, looking looking forward to hopefully the under-20 championship, but a very frustrated Bernard Flynn as well that there's been no, uh, there's, there's been no, no correspondence with the under-20s of any sort at all to let them know whether there will, there won't, or it's, it's just a, it's just this situation where, the not known is horrendous at the moment, and they're training away for something that may or may not happen. And it's very, very tough on Bernard and, and all the under twenty managers out there. Oh, it's it's extremely difficult, Mickey. Like as you said, Bernard's operating with a panel of seventy players at the moment. You know, um, a squad of seventy players, I should say. And 
you know, he has no clarity with them. He's trying to do Zoom sessions. They're, they're obviously getting involved with the cycle for Emer as well um, to keep them fit and also, you know, raise a few funds and just trying to do these quirky and different things. But as he said, like those guys are at an age now where like they're probably just finishing school, starting college. You know, they're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky enough age at the best of times without any sort of clarity behind it. Like as Bernard said, if it's going to be a thing that they aren't going to fit the competition into the calendar, then come out and say it, you know, and, and don't leave them on the long finger because it, it must be extremely tough um, mentally for those guys not knowing if there's going to be a competition for them this year to play. And th- I suppose there's a number of those guys who are in their last year of under-20 football, so they might even get the chance to play it, which is, again, that's extremely difficult for players too. Um, I know Damien's in the same boat, you know, in Cav and Mickey, and you'd be, you speak to Damien every other day, like, and, you know, they, they're, they're in the exact same position. Um, he's been working away back as far as November with, with a squad like of about 70 players as well so it's and, and here we are now at the end of April and there's still no sort of clarity um, five or six months on it's it's crazy yeah and and, and the most frustrating thing is that the, the GA just kind of ignored it I suppose they, yeah. they didn't make any mention of it there's a pathway for uh, county players there's uh, for county teams and club players and even under 17s as well, because they come under the underage. The under 20s are just lost. And uh, yeah, it is, it, it's a tough one. Something that you mentioned there as well, Davey, that uh, Bernard and the team and the mentors are all getting involved with the uh, cycle for Emer, and that's Emer Murray, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And they're trying to raise funds for Emer, who's been uh, struck down with uh, um, bad health recently. And uh, anybody who out there who can give towards this very worthy cause, please do go on to GoFundMe and look for Cycle for Emer. Um, uh, brilliant as well that the players and the management are getting involved with something like this. Oh, it's, it's super and it's going to take them up until the actual fundraiser kicks in. So the Mead lads are doing it as we speak now until the end of this month. Um, and I think they've aimed to run, walk or cycle something like 4,000 kilometres between them uh, between now and then. And I suppose it is an excellent avenue uh, to keep guys fit and to, to give them a goal, Mickey, more so than anything, because you know yourself trying to do a bit of training and stuff. It's very monotonous when you don't have something to aim towards. At least something like this gives them a bit of a goal to work towards and that. And um, I think I think it works both ways. Obviously, it's great for great for the charity that the, the Mead lads are on board, but it also works for Bernard and, and his management team as well um, because it ticks a few boxes for them, you know. So um, it's, it's an all-around great charity and it's, it's brilliant to see the Mead 20s uh, rolling in behind it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And we wish them the very best of luck with that. And uh, again, if anybody out there can get involved um, or, um, you know, raise some funds for this, it's Cycle for Emer, go on to GoFundMe and you'll be able to find that one. We touched on it there as well. Bernard's Lake Regale, Davy, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I just thought it was it was such a great insight into the man. Yeah, it was it was it was hard hitting, and he, he did kind of warn us, you know, that there was parts of it that that would be um, just a great insight into into him as a man as well as a footballer, and I suppose the the pain and anguish he went on on and off the field, like I suppose on the field, the abuse he took as the stylish um, corner forward, you know, back then, which wouldn't have really been the norm. And he took serious abuse down through the years and it obviously had an adverse effect on him then in latter years when, he, you know, the, the injury sort of caught up on him and it um, prematurely ended his football and career as well. Um, and even the success, not many Mead people will have known 
how well he did when he went to Mullingar Shamrocks as well and how much of a legend he is there as well as obviously in St. Colm Gills and that was something that kind of struck me how he went into the new club and they they took him in as one of their own and he's just established himself as a great I think prior to or sorry after one of his operations he didn't play up to the final or something and then he landed the day the final and kicked nine or ten points was it yeah it was amazing and even the footage and you know he, he told me that Unfortunately, they couldn't dig out much footage from St. Colm Kills because obviously St. Colm Kills won a, an intermediate championship in the late 80s. Yeah. And obviously that was a, a, you know, a huge highlight for him and obviously Robbie O'Malley as well, who was, who was part of the programme, um, who was excellent, by the way. I, cause I was just he, going to say it. He's a man you don't really hear or, or see too much of, but uh, I, I was really intrigued by him. I, th- I thought he was excellent. Um, and Bernard did say that as well in the interview with us last week. You know, he says Robbie O'Malley is brilliant in this. So, um, yeah, brilliant program. It, it's a program that continues to produce. You just know what you're going to get every Thursday night. I really look forward to it, and it's always nicer when there's a there's a mead player too in on them as well, Mick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When someone that you have uh, an affection to, or somebody that you know, or you've followed for a while, it's always great. Like, you know, obviously, you always know the player that's on. Yeah. When you know a little bit of their back catalogue, and then all of a sudden you watch the program, and you're like, God, wow. But Robbie O'Malley, you mentioned is. Again, fantastic. I thought he spoke so well. Very serious. Yeah. He was very serious about how good Bernard Flynn was. Yeah. You know, and it, he couldn't, he couldn't overemphasize it. Like, <laughs> and then it was as if people don't, you don't realize how good Bernard was. And you don't realize the pain he went through. But it was just, he was egging this on the whole time. And it just shows you the respect that, that Robbie has for him. Like, huge. I had the two, the two lads obviously go back a long way with club and county. Um, but I suppose he's he's right because he was obviously part of that that full forward line which you're always talking about, Mickey. And if he was in any other generation, like he could be playing now and he'd he'd just be a superstar. And to be honest, you couldn't say that for a lot of the players because, as Bernard said himself, back then there were big physical men, you know, to what it is nowadays. And he was probably an exception to the rule. And like he gave as good as he got, he he was he was a bit of a rogue and a rascal, but he really played up to that. And I suppose he talked about the the ninety one final against Down, but that's the that was probably his best ever, I suppose, individual display for me, Mickey that day. Um, he was absolutely outstanding, and he, he said, you know, he, the, the chance still haunts him, you know, the, yeah. the goal chance and everything like that, and that's amazing considering he kicked six or seven top points from play that day, but. You know, it, it, it was just an interesting one. But uh, yeah, just an all-around top guy. And like, even when we talked to him, you know, you, you spoke to him in depth last year as well. And like, he is just, every, what you see is what you get. And like, I was probing him about the Mead senior job at the end of the interview. And he just says, look, I've a- I've answered everything truthfully up to this point. You don't you don't sort of get that anymore with, I won't just say with GA people, with, with anybody, they don't tend to give you a straight answer when you ask them a question. But Bernard is an exception to the rule. And, just, just great fella, and, and brilliant to have him back involved in, in Mead football. I think that's it's a superb um, step in the right direction, Mickey. Yeah, that was one of the things that I loved about your interview with him was just the open openness and the honesty that he he he, he portrays. And it, as you said, it's a breath of fresh air because everything is so contrived these days. When you ask a question to somebody involved in sport, be it GA, soccer golf, tennis, whatever it is, you know, there's, uh, you know, they're, they're, you can see straight away in their head that, you know, the, the, the cogs are turning and they're going, okay, and I have to answer this a, sp- a certain way and they have to be all professional about it and whatever. Just with Bernard, it's just all honesty. And even down to the style of football, you know, when you asked him about what kind of style of football will 
will the meat under 20s play? And mm-hmm. he was, again, he was dead honest with Jesus. I have a, a, a mindset on what way I want these players to play, but I haven't told them yet. So I'm not telling you just yet, Davey. He says, I want to sit down with them. I just thought, you know, like class, you know, like no bullshit, straight up. Here you go. And this is, this is the way it is. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really good interview for anybody who hasn't uh, signed up for our Loyal Loyals podcast can do so on Patreon forward slash We Are Need and you'll get our podcast there, the Loyal Royals podcast, and uh, you'll get all those interviews that we've done. And that one with Bernard last week was an exceptionally brilliant one. And, uh, you know, not only is Bernard Flynn the perfect um, uh, interviewee, um, Davy Rispin is the, the perfect interviewer as well. So it just, it was a match made in heaven. So it was. Uh, Davy, before we move on, um, delighted to announce that we have a new sponsor involved with the We Are Meat podcast. And, uh, you know, we already have PR Coin and Sons, um, uh, your local Husqvarner dealer down in Clannard. But now we are delighted to uh, be able to add Q Kangaroo to uh, to our sponsors, which is absolutely brilliant, Davey. Yeah, Mickey, and especially because it's a food app, you know, and I'd be I'd be partial to an old takeaway from time to time as well. As as your <laughs> as your good self as well, Mickey. When you come out to the wrist bin, we'd always we'd always get a takeaway or we get a pizza or something like that. So I, I'm particularly pleased with this one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 for anybody out there who obviously can't see either myself or Davey uh on the Zoom session, it's a it's a podcast, of course. And um, both of us have wintered well, let's just say. Um and we're looking for yourself, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's in no small part to all the takeaways that maybe you have to eat. But uh, the Q Kangaroo app is the safe, convenient way to get tasty local food fast. Select the menus in uh select from menus in local cafes, restaurants, and more in your area and prepay on the app. So you can skip the queue when collecting or have it delivered to you, which is brilliant, Davey. This is one of these, uh, one of the features of this app where you put credit onto the app so that you don't have to do, go in and do the authentic authentication um, uh, at the end when you're going to the check-in. So it's already there. It's done. It's paid for. The app is available to use across Mead and has now gone live in Dunboyne, Dunshockland and Ratholt. Uh, get a special five euro off when you spend 20 euro or more, and all you have to do is use the code We Are Mead at the checkout. And that is all in capitals, um, all one word. We Are Mead. Uh, love food? Hey, Q, Q Kangaroo is the app for you. Download now on the App Store and Play Store. And Davy Rusman, I've downloaded it and it is absolutely brilliant. Um, and every day there's more and more eateries being added to the, to the app, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I can see it now, Mickey. The We Are Mead listeners are going to be on the menus. They're going to be clicking and collecting and they're going to try and get that order up to 20 quid because a fiver off, you're getting a fourth, um, a quarter of your the whole price off when you use the We Are Mead discount as well at the checkout. So that's that's a brilliant way of, uh, of I suppose, getting an extra maybe burger and chips or something like that in for, the, for nothing. Absolutely. And uh, there are, I'm looking at it here and there are plenty of uh, uh, um, eateries around Navin as well. I see the Valley Cafe, Little Sicily, Julio's Takeaway as well. There's some in there in Trim. There's loads in Drada. So no matter where you're like listening in, Dunboyne, Dunshockland, Dun, um, uh, or Rathout, Navin, you will find something for yourself on the Q Kangaroo app. So do get on. And don't forget, use the code WEARMEAD at the checkout. All one word. And all capitals. Uh, Davy, I suppose 
something that I that, that's been that's come up this week is and I wanted to talk about it was um when Shane McGrath, the, the, the current RTE pundit and former Tipperary hurler, and um, talking about you know the training regimes of county teams, and we're we've just been talking about you know delighted that they're all going back training and whatever. And um, but you know he 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 struck a chord with me and and this thing that you know Gaelic footballers and hurlers are training harder than professional soccer players and um, you know that just and yet the professional soccer player that's their job so these most ninety percent of footballers have to go out and work a nine to five job Monday to Friday and do this training on top of it. The crack is gone out of, out of playing football. You know, like the stories that Bernard Flynn told you last week off air and, and, and some of them on air as well, and the ones that he's told me before, it just shows you that, like, you know, you, we won't have those stories ever again. No, and, and it, it is. It's it's disappointing, I suppose. It's it's the way the game has gone, and I suppose there's been a few to have, to have brought it up to this level. And, and it's happened relatively quickly because... You could even go back as far as saying 10 years ago, the crack was very much there. And whether it was a club game or an inter-county game, you know, lads would play a game and they'd go out for points and they'd enjoy themselves. And it wouldn't be condoned, you know what I mean? Whereas now the whole focus is it's just a professional setup. And I get that there's a couple setting the bar and the others have to try and get up to that. Um, but you're right, when you strike the comparison between, I suppose, the professional soccer to, to the GA and they're probably you know, putting in the same amount of errors. I know there was, there's obviously a, a former soccer player in the family. And this is the case for most of Mickey. They, they train on a Monday and Tuesday. Every soccer player, whether he's Premiership or League Two or Conference, they're off on Wednesday. They have their Wednesdays off altogether. They train Thursday and Friday, they go in and do a bit of tactics on the opposition that they're playing the next day. They do a tiny bit of training. Saturday, they go to the game, they play it, they're off Sunday. You, you compare that then to a GA, right? They're, they're, you're talking the same. You're talking definitely four nights, possibly five a week. You play your game at the weekend. Granted, you get your next day off. Or D, you might even have a recovery session or you might mm. be in the pool or something like that. <laughs> and they're getting paid scandalous amount of money to, to do what they do. Um, I, I don't know, is there a solution to it? I, I don't know, is there a way back? I think it's very much the horse is sort of bolted now and that's that's it, unfortunately. Um, but it is, it, 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 he, he's... He, there's a good point in there and it's all happened relatively quickly, I would say. Yeah, but the, the, the scarier thing I find is that clubs try to catch out up on county teams yeah. as quick as possible as well. Like, you know, the way a club team is trained now is the way a club is the way a county team was trained 20 years ago. You know, but that, that gap is of 20 years is shortening all the time. And you can see with certain teams, you know, how professionally run they are. And, you know, one of the things that I always laugh about is that, and I always, uh, it always strikes me, is that I, I, I always say it to lads as well after games, is that, uh, Jesus, I remember when we used to go for go for a few pints after a game, and now the lads are going, going into the dressing room for a few pints of protein shakes, you know, in the gym, yeah. you know, like, and stuff like that. And they don't go anywhere near a pub and whatever. You know, look, I'm not advocating drinking or anything like that. And I'm not a big drinker myself, but I do like the odd drink. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when I go at it, I go at it for yourself. <laughs> I was going to pull you up on that, Brennan. Yeah, thank God you said that. Um. <laughs> but I don't drink often. But, like, I, I have definitely seen in years, uh, in recent years, that 
the club scene has got way more professional. And what you find is there's a there's a huge drop off in uh, in adult football um, in the last twenty years as well. So what you find is is that unless you are a top player and you're going to be pushing for a spot on your senior team on your top team, you're kind of just dropped to the wayside. You know, because it's all about winning. It's all about being the best that you can be and your team. The fun aspect of, of it is gone. And now, don't get me wrong, winning is fun. And when you win, you have a lot of fun and whatever. But it's the lead up to that and sacrifice and everything that goes with it that's really, really tough. And I think you're right. I think in the bigger clubs, it almost creates a little bit of a divide between, say, the, the first team or the senior team and let's say there's a junior B team or whatever they're nearly separate entities altogether Mickey and within a club that's obviously not healthy and um, the other thing I would say and I think you, you kind of hit on the hit the nail on the head with um, club teams slowly but surely morphing into county teams is the fact that a lot of inter-county managers go back to manage club teams and they're taking what they've learned and what they've played their trade with with the inter-county at club teams. So you're, you're having high-quality managers slash coaches getting involved at club level, maybe after managing a county team in the previous couple of years. And then it's just sort of feeding down through the through the, through the the wayside, if that makes sense. Yeah, and as well as that, you find a lot of uh, club teams that are, are able to pay good expenses to managers, let's just say. And, you know, they get a top inter-county manager who's just taken a few years out and then the expectation on him is huge and um, because of his expenses, because you'd have to travel from Cork to, to Donegal. Well, that's the kind of expenses he gets anyway, so it is. Do you know what I mean? So, um, like, the, the, the expectation is, is quite big on those managers. So they are literally, they're not going to look at the bigger picture of, of developing the whole group, senior group of 50 or 60 players if there's three teams. They're only focused on... 15 starters and the lads that are going to be coming on to that senior team and success and doing getting success in any way that they possibly can. That's what they're there to do. They're there to win. It's not their club. Mickey Brennan will be a player long after that manager is gone, no matter what's happened. And I suppose it, it brings in the outside manager's discussion. And, and I'll actually use Simon Simonstown as an example here. And in fairness, he's deserved credit for sort of keeping uh, the managerial jobs in-house. And I, I think I'm right in saying, Mickey, that Simonstown have never gone outside of the club for a, for a manager. Oh, no, they, they did years ago. Um, PJ Carroll um, was a manager in Simonstown one time, and I think there may have been two. But they made a decision after yeah. that, this is before COVID, that they would never do that again and that that wasn't happening anymore and that they were going to try and keep it in-house and, you know, keep the, keep the expense down on the club, basically. And... And look, they reaped the rewards at the end of the day when, when they won the Senior Championship in 2016 with Colin O'Rourke, who you know, is a Simonstown man now, originally screen, obviously, but is a Simonstown man now. Yeah, and, and that's, I suppose that's an example that it, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. If, if, you know, bringing in an outside manager just doesn't just, you know, guarantee success for a team. Do you know what I mean? Like you look at the Simonstown example as the prime one, winning back-to-back championships with Column coming back. And um, I suppose I can understand it in clubs where maybe they don't have coaches or managers with the expertise and, and that's fair enough, then they have no choice but to go out. But I, I just think, and it's nearly got to the stage now, it's not just going outside 
the club for a manager, it's going outside the county. <laughs> yeah. you know? So you have to get someone from Cavan or Loud or Monaghan or whatever to come into Mead. Or Kildare. Yeah, because because in Mead, <laughs> it's nearly got tired, Osh, or he's yeah. been there and there and he's been everywhere. He's, you know, he's like he the local ties, bike. <laughs> he has ties to that club, so he does. So. Yeah, yeah, and this is it. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, and it really is. But like our players to blame as well, because, uh, you know, players have high opinions these days as well and, and, and demand the best managers out there and they demand, you know, uh, uh, what they perceive to be the next step up. Yeah, probably, Mickey. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely the case in a number of clubs. Again, it, it should lie with the club and the executive to to have, I suppose, the authority to say, no, actually, we're, we're going to stick with this guy and this is going to be the way it is. If you like it, here you go. And if you don't, there's the door. And I know that sounds fairly, fairly brass and that, but that's the way it should be. You know, players are there to play for whoever's the manager. Their job is to play for the club. They're doing it for the enjoyment and for the love of the club. If you, like you've played under managers, I'm sure that you, you haven't liked Mickey. I've done it. You know, we've all done it. You just get on with it, unfortunately. You, you, you know, it's your club at the end of the day. And this kind of goes back to the fact that if a manager's there, he might be there for a year or two. He's going to be off ski. And, you know, you're still going to be there for the foreseeable after that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is that is the the I suppose the, po- the positive end of, of of getting a manager in from your own club because at the end of the day it's his club and uh, the longevity and uh, of the success is what it's all about. It's not about um, just instant success and then going back to where you were. And um, you want longevity, uh, and that that's you know Colm O'Rourke back with Simonson this year. I think could be a really good move for them. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GEA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. The Leinster Championship draws will take place uh, tomorrow morning, on a uh, Monday morning, on Morning Ireland, which is uh, which is pretty exciting as well. You know, like, uh, you know, we're just looking forward to, to hearing who Mead are going to be facing in the first round of the Leinster Championship. Yeah, I think I'm right in saying Mead come in at the quarterfinal stage, account of obviously getting to the Leinster final last year, so we don't play the first round. Never round, exactly. Yeah. Um, and to the best of my knowledge, I don't know. I don't think we can meet Dublin until at least the semi-finals as well. So we will probably more than likely play a team that have won their provincial. So it'll probably be, for example, it could be Carlo versus Offaly for the right to play Mead in the quarterfinal, something like that. You know. Um, yeah. And then obviously the big thing is going to be who do we who we might play, sorry, in the semi-final. Um, obviously for the last number of years it's kind of gone that we ended up playing Dublin in the, the final. There's probably arguments out there for, um, and I was actually chatting to someone last week, I can't remember who, but we were just saying actually it would nearly be better to play Dublin in the semi-final of the Leinster Championship this year because if you look at Dublin, for the last number of years, the Leinster final weekend is the weekend they always kick into gear. Regardless yeah, if it's Mead or Kildare, they, they do, they peak and they probably give their best, last year they get their best performance against Mead in the Leinster final. Um, and that's that's what they're aiming towards. So I think 
if there's if there's ever a chance of catching Dublin on the hop, it might be in the semi-final of a Leinster Championship as opposed to the Leinster final, if that makes sense. That'd just be my opinion. Yeah, because I suppose uh, there's a title on the line on that day. Dublin are just so used to winning titles that, you know, they're, they're at this stage, yeah. they're, you know, so that it doesn't really come into play for them. So they are playing at their ease. And uh, and as you said, they're conditioned to be starting their, their run from Leinster final weekend onto the senior, onto the onto the All Ireland final, so yeah, you're probably you're probably right. Get them in the semi final, catch them on the hop, and uh, knock them out of the championship full stop. Um, I'm going to put a bet on that if uh, if if it does come to fruition, that Mead could meet them in the semi final. But Mead have to get to the semi final as well, Davy. So yeah, we've not we've not killed our chickens before they're hatched. Absolutely not. Really looking forward to that. So it's interesting that the Leinster. Um, the Leinster the draws will take place on Northern Ireland tomorrow um, I think it's 7.30 and 8.30 uh, something like that and then uh, the Connacht and Ulster Championship draws are taking place I think on the 6-1 News um, on Tuesday night Yeah. so it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd way of doing it you think they would have just done them all together yeah, I have no idea what the reasoning is behind it but uh, yeah, maybe they're, they're getting what might be perceived as the um, the less, uh, I won't say the less important, but the less, there'll be less talk coming out of maybe the Lancer draw than there would be maybe the Ulster draw. I don't know. Um, but yeah, weird one. Yeah, weird one. But look, we'll look forward to it anyway. So we will. So we'll know who we will be facing in the Lancer Championship uh, tomorrow morning. That's Monday morning. So, uh, Davey, we'll move on now and uh, we'll go to our lotto segment. Have you had a few uh, of the PROs getting in contact with you? Yeah, Mickey, plenty of the PROs have been in touch. The first one up was uh, Paul in Manalvi, and their jackpot is currently capped at 10,000 at the moment. Reserve increased to 4,800 this week. Draw mm-hmm. takes place every single Monday night. You can play it on the Clubforce app or manalvigfc.ie. Um, Minalti are still going strong at 15,000. Um, they had two match three winners last week who got 100 euro each, Jerry Hennessy and Hugh Lynch. Um, and it rolls on to take place tonight, which is Sunday um, at 9pm, I believe. So uh, best of luck to anyone who's playing the biggest one in the county at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Dunshockland and Royal Gales, it's another massive one, uh, currently capped at 13,000 with the reserve increasing to 9,600. Um, they too had two match three winners last week, uh, both getting 100 euro each. Um, and their draw takes place on Monday night, um, at half eight, live on Facebook. You can play that one on Club Force as well. Uh, Longwood GFC, uh, their jackpot's currently at 1,500. They had no jackpot winner uh, of last week's, but they had one, two, three lucky dips who got 30 quid each. Uh, small numbers, two, three, five, and 18. 18 was the spanner in the works, but there was definitely a pattern there if you're on the seven, you'd be disappointed. <laughs> um, screen. Um, there's is also a big one, 10,000 at the moment. I think it's currently capped at um, no winner of last week's jackpot, but they had one, two, three, four uh, quick pick winners who got 40 quid each. You can play that one at screengfc.ie. Curaha uh, are back with their lotto and it is rising to 2,000 even this week. They had one match three winner last week who was Claire O'Connor who got 100 euro, and you can play theirs at curahaga.com forward slash draws. Navin O'Mahony's Mickey Brennan, your favourite. Oh, um, 
Kelly must have texted in this week, did she? She did. It was in good and early, yeah. So it was definitely Kelly, I'd say. Um, 5,600 is going to be their next draw, which takes place on the 20th, which is Tuesday night at 9pm. Um, and you can play that one at uh, Navin O'Mahony's GFC, Navin O'Mahony, sorry, GAA forward slash lotto forward slash tickets um, on the Club Spot app. Next one up is from Dunsany. Their jackpot is at 10,000 currently and it takes place every Saturday. So I might actually have an updated one for that in a minute. Um, but the entries have to be in by nine o'clock on the 24th, 9 a.m. in the morning, I think. It's an interesting oh. one. Um, Cortage GFC, my own, Mickey. Uh, 5,600 of a jackpot. Come on, Cortage. Uh, <laughs> We give away five 20 euros if the jackpot's not won and a different retro jersey every week. Mickey, the disappointed. There's good news and bad news. We'll start with the bad news is we didn't win the Trevor Giles 1999 sleeveless yeah. retro jersey last week, which is massive disappointment. But the five 20s as they were going, Skipper Coyne on the fifth one pulled out none other than ourselves making the We Are Mead podcast. So uh, 20 quid in the back pocket for the lads and we're still in with a chance of getting a retro jersey. It mightn't be a Giles one, but there's still some lovely ones to come. So keep an eye yeah, out. Yeah, I, I really wanted that Giles one, so um, I'm really disappointed about that. Um, I don't know why Skipper didn't pull us out at the bloody beginning. He pulled us out last, and he gave us a, it gave us a nice little uh, gave us a nice little ribbon as well on on the on the live broadcast of it on um, on uh, uh, was it your Facebook TV. Facebook Live, yeah, exactly, Mickey, yeah. Um, so, we're, look, we're still in it, and I, there is more Giles jerseys. They won't be all released at once, but I think we have okay. three or four to use over the course of the next 25 or 26 weeks. So, you know, we're, we're still in with a chance. Um, Gail Column Kill still going strong at 12,000. Theirs is currently capped at there, and it takes place every single Thursday night. From Conrad GFC, 8,300 and rising. Uh, takes place every Tuesday night. You can play that one on the Smart Lotto app, or you can drop envelopes into the clubhouse post box. Ball and Lock are back in business, according to Susan oh. Farrell. 2,800 euro of a jackpot, and it takes place Monday, the 19th of April, which is tomorrow night. You can play that one on the club force, or you can drop in the envelopes to the local shops. Um, next one up is from Kilmainham GFC, 5,300 euro currently, and it takes place every Monday night. Another one on the Club Force app. Kilskier, um, it's back as well, so it's probably coinciding with the Ballinlock one being back. The two of them obviously neighbouring clubs and, you know, joined up for the hurling. So, they're back as well next week, and it takes place on Tuesday the 27th, and it's held once every two weeks, so every second week. Um, a jackpot of 10,000, which is lovely as well. Um, Black Hall Gales is another one that takes place every second week, but the second week so happens to be this Monday night, which is the 19th, 5,200 euro of a jackpot there. Castletown GFC, um, next week's jackpot is 1,400 euro. It takes place on Tuesday at 9pm, and you can play that, that one on the Smart Lotto app as well. Um, Clonard GFC 5,200 euro currently it's live every Monday night at 8pm the final one on my list Mickey is Oldcastle GFC 11,700 currently uh, every single Wednesday night few brilliant brilliant uh, jackpots in there and here's another one Sanchez Lotto is 9,500 next Monday the 19th of April draw takes place every Monday night and they have five lucky dip winners of 25 euro each if it is not a one and the uh, the maximum jackpot is 10,000 and it reverts back to 1,000 when it is won. Uh, the lotto can be done online on Centristown's Smart Lotto account. And also we have the results in there from Simonston one. Jackpot and, how much did you say the jackpot was in Navinomatnis, by the way? 5,600. 
5,600 oh they've matched uh, Simonson's Simonson's jackpot is five, oh, sorry um, it was 5,600 this week it's 5,650 next week because it was not one but they had two match three winners it was Colette Caffrey and Dan Keane from the club itself so 5,650 next week but and heading towards seven and a half Mickey it's heading towards seven. It's actually heading towards 10,000, would you believe? It's yeah. heading towards 10,000. So love that one. That's an absolutely brilliant one by Simonston. They didn't lie. They just uh, they just were, um, what's the word? They bent the truth a little bit, just a little yeah. bit. Um, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. And uh, will we go easy on Colin O'Brien this week or should we? I, I think so. Seeing as it was Kelly that sent it, so... Yeah, you know, you, you think he would have sent it in, but like, you know... You, did you hear about his big win a couple of weeks ago? On the on the Grand National, no, actually. In fair in fairness to him, in fairness to him, and um, the winner of the Grand National was Dylan. Um, I can't remember. It was it's the lyrics from a, a Bob Dylan song, anyway. And he's a big fan of Bob Dylan, so uh, he threw a few bob on 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 the the, the horse that won the Grand National at one hundred and fifty to one. Good man, so, Colin. Uh, yeah, good man, Colin. So uh, just announcing it to everybody out there that Colin is loaded. If you need a loan, don't go to your local credit union. Go to Colin O'Brien. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Speak of the devil, Mickey, and I think it leads seamlessly onto our Instagram interactive. Colin has been in touch and he's asked, has Mickey put his name forward for the Legends, and I use Legends in inverted commas, series yet, with two eyes? <laughs> yeah, he's obviously referring to our Legend series that we're starting on our Patreon podcast. Um, Davey Rispin last week um, interviewed a club legend of Navin O'Matney's. It is Joe Heary, 92-year-old Joe Heary, member of the first ever uh, Navin O'Matney's Keegan Cup win in 1953, um, and also a member of the team that went on to win five in a row between 57 and 61, I believe. Um, and, you know, it's again, anybody out there, we would love to interview the legends of all of the clubs in County Mead. So if you have a legend in your club that you would like to have interviewed and to have it down on uh, 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 on a file so that you can listen back to it in years to come, uh, please do get in contact with us. Um, Davey, that was a really, really interesting one. Thanks for calling, for, for bringing it up in, 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 a, in a funny way. Yeah, um, And yeah, look... Davey, when are you going to be inter- interviewing me about the, the legend series? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, we, we have a few names in the pipeline. So look, at if we're stuck any week and we, we need to fill a, a slot, I'll, I'll probably get in contact with you, Mickey. Fair play, fair play. Thanks a million, Davey. Um, but I, I do have someone else in mind, which I'll talk to you off air. We won't just spill the beans yet because I haven't even spoken to the man yet. But uh, yeah, we, we'll have another one or two of them coming up soon. Colin's actually followed that up by just saying, also, Joe Castles for the Legend series. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. That'll be a brilliant one. Um, you know, and he's he's not 92. 
Um, you know, no. um, but uh, an absolute, an absolute legend, club and county. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Robert Perfield has been in touch, and uh, I'll just I'll, I'll read it out first, and then I'll show you where he went wrong with the autocorrect. But he said, "Have you seen the Indos thirty-two county grounds rated?" Aircraft Talton at 23 farce, and then I shared it like to the story. And he got he came back and he was like, Obviously, you know, it's part Talton, and that was a spelling or an autocorrect. And I just said, Yeah, but I was looking at it and I was like, Is there actually a hidden joke or is there something that I'm not aware of that part Talton is actually referred to as aircraft Talton? But no, it, <laughs> it is part Talton coming in at 23. I haven't actually seen them, Mickey, I haven't seen them ranked, but obviously, part Talton's coming in at 23 at 32. Um, yeah, there's there's pros and cons to that, I think. Yeah, look, I was listening to it. I, I, I where I think somebody was talking about it on the radio, and they were they were saying where all the Ulster um, uh, pitches had come in, and like Clonus come in third, which is farcical. Like it's a like while while it's a massive ground and it can hold a huge crowd, it is dilapidated and it's old and it's it's it's, it's open, um, isn't it? It's, it's very open ground as well. It, well, it's yeah, it is. It's quite open, but whatever. But like they've got that big, massive hill on the far side of the yeah. field. And then you've got the big area behind the goals to, to the town end and whatever. Look, it, it, it can hold a big crowd, but as as grounds go, I wouldn't say it's it's, it's a great one. The, the probably the thing that lets down um, uh, Park Talchin is the grass verges either, either end. While they're brilliant and they're lovely in the summer's evening to be sitting out on those. Just health and safety these days don't allow it. So that's probably and then the old stand. But yeah, apart from that, like it's got it's got the second best surface in the country. So I think it's per. I, I like and no offense, and it's not me putting on my 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 cabin uh, cap or anything. Like they were they were way down the pecking order, and yet they've got a beautiful beautiful ground, and like they've got terrace going the whole way around uh, three sides, and it meets up with the stand. I think it's a. It's a lovely ground and a great pitch. They've got a brand new surface on it as well. So whoever did these, they're pretty, pretty selected. I was just going to ask, you know, what were the judge done? Because obviously we got into a pickle with certain people about our grounds, you know, in need, yeah. picking them on everything. So I assume they've been picked on pitches, stands, walkways, training pitches, everything. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was from me. From I, I do think it was from a media uh, point of view, yeah. um, uh, as in for, for media facilities. So um, that's that's what I presume it was from. But again, per per, I I wouldn't have agreed with with, with, with the selections the way they went. Well, I think one man that did agree with them was Colin McAreevy, and he actually dropped us a DM after it, and he says, you are lucky, you didn't get 33rd in the rankings. Um, and I just says, less of that now. Yeah, look, again, you know, the the Monaghan man, uh, you know, just happy that the Clonus are, are at third. And I, again, that baffles me, so it does. Um, you know, Closest they'll ever probably get to in All-Ireland, so... Well, that's it. that's it exactly, and probably the closest they'll get. Uh, like they, they do have an Ulster uh, title every year because the, the Ulster title is won in Monaghan every year, and, and it'll be a while before they win it again. I think um, the shambles that they are. Through. Oh, I can't wait for the draw to choose the Cavan and Monaghan again. <laughs> <laughs> um, at, least Cal- at least Cavan will have a manager at the game. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Monaghan will probably be better without a manager. I think. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Mark Crawley um, said Connor Harford's new micro. Oh, did he get a new micro? Apparently, did still, yeah. Did he still make micros? Is it a new well, one? I was, I was just going to say, like, probably Connor Harford will probably move quicker than the micro. You just talk about that there. I'm going to just see is there a new Nissan Micra? Nissan that's, Micra. That's all right. Yeah, but uh, an interesting character choice there from Mr. Harford. Uh, I assume that's a partnership dealer. He's going to be a brand ambassador for Nissan um, to drive the Micras around our cat, but uh, maybe, maybe not. No, no, no. They're not cat. Um, but there is a new Micra. Oh, look at that. They're a nice little thing. They're not bad. They yeah. Are. Yeah, look at this one here. I like the sporty. I like the second one. Is it a two door? Oh, the second one is a leaf. That's the Nissan Leaf. So oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So you have the leaf, the cash guy, the yeah, the X-Rail. Yeah. So that's the micro there. It's a nice. Yeah, no, it is nice. It is two door though, isn't it? It's. Uh, it can be two or four door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks like two door. Yeah. Very so, good. You're, you're held to drive it, young Harford. You're held to drive it. Um, Andy Smith he says Brennan in the book after all the abuse last week <laughs> give him an awful do yeah. yeah look I, I, I apologised to him so I did because I don't know what happened last week I just went off on one and, and then like I wasn't happy with just abusing them once later in the show I came back to abuse him the second time and I had to I had to take a long hard look at myself and go what is the problem with you and Andy Smith <laughs> it, was, it was relentless it was, it was relentless yeah yeah, um, and then and, and I and he only gave me a black card as well, which was surprised that um, on 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 social media he threw. Up yeah, well, here card. he's only given a yellow one. He's he's only putting in the book here as well. Like so, you kind of. I like him as a referee, actually. Now I like him. <laughs> no, was, no, were, I like him were, now. Yeah, like him now. <laughs> they were definitely sending off offenses. <laughs> um, Jelly is in touch, and this could be another sending off offense. He says Peter Duffy getting rejected for first dates Ireland yet again. Wow. Um, look, probably uh, I'd say when you have to when you when you're going on first dates Ireland, you have to fill in a form and say what you look for in a man. And uh, you know they probably they probably none of them filled in the the, the little box. T- nobody ticked the box where it says the perfect man because obviously Peter Duffy is the perfect man, and he just no no one no woman wants the perfect man. But it says this. Speaking of the perfect man, he's been in touch and oh. he said, "Will Rispin pay me back if his horse does not finish?" <laughs> well, Pete, um, I'm I'm just delighted to say that the horse did finish, and I actually. Made sure that by hook or by crook, he was going to be carried across the line <laughs> to finish because I'm declaring banks bankruptcy myself this evening. Um, so I can't afford to pay Peter Duffy um, back all of those um notes that he no doubt put on El Dorado today. Yeah, um, just 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 to explain, um, Davy's part of the syndicate, um, but Davy's part of the syndicate who own a horse, and uh, the name of the horse is El Dorado, he was running at. Uh, Tremor um, on Sunday afternoon, and uh, he should be was, finishing up any minute now. Yeah, yeah, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> he should be finishing up any minute now. Yeah, um, yeah. But Sherlock, he's already in it for the crack, Davy. It is. <laughs> I hope you're not in it for the winning and the money. <laughs> I would see it's a, it's a long road, Mickey. Um, 
Joe McQueenie said, county team back training on the 19th. Any chance of an update on the new guys on the panel? Um, we did hear a bit of news, didn't we, Davey, um, of a few players. Um, there wasn't too many players that are gone from the, from the panel from last year, so they didn't leave too many openings. No, I think I think the two that that we've we've sort of known about was, uh, or sorry, the three was the Summerhill duo of Ross Ryan and Barry Dardis, um, and also your own clubmate in Simonstown, Sean Tobin, Mickey Ewanus's intercounty retirement as well. So those are the three guys who I believe will not be involved in twenty twenty one, but they've been replaced by three fellas who definitely have all the commodities to go on to be uh, very successful intercounty footballers. The first of those is one that we've mentioned already in Danny Dixon from Boards Mill, um, a hugely progressive type player and um, certainly has all um, all the attributes to be a really, really good county footballer. Um, yeah. And two Kells lads, two Gail Conkill footballers, Mickey. So the, the whole argument that Gail Conkill don't have any lads in the B team is null and void now. There's no... Like, you yeah, know, they, they, they can shut their cake holes now so they can, that's for sure. They can, and uh, the hugely exciting and talented Fionn Riley is one player that's been touted. And obviously, Fionn was playing soccer in Italy for a time, and we weren't sure, you know, would he, but he definitely was one of the standout options from a great year last year that Kells had. And the yeah. other one was Jordy Muldoon, who's just excelled um, in the last number of years for Gail Colin Kill. He's been absolutely brilliant, and um, he's been recognised for his efforts and called up to the senior panel as well. So congratulations to those two guys as well. Yeah, cornerback and a wing back. Um, so they are uh, an interest. They are interesting additions to the team, and it's great. And we look forward to seeing them, and, and we wish them the very best of luck. Hope that they've been training hard, and uh, that's that's as much of an update as we have on the county team at the minute. Um, and look, it won't be long till we know what's happening there, um, because you know once they start back training tomorrow night, uh, there there'll be no sequence. No, that's for sure, Mickey. Uh, last one has come in from Boards Mill GAA, and they said, hashtag Cycle for Emer fundraiser being run for an amazing woman. Brilliant to see Boards Mill. Um, sorry, it's a, it's a long one. Brilliant to see Boards Mill. Uh, sorry, see Boards Mill GAA for details. So for any of the links for the GoFundMe that you're already after talking about at the start, how people can donate, how you can support the cause, go to Boards Mill. Um, GA and you'll find everything you need there but yeah uh, just echo what you said at the start of the podcast Mickey an absolutely brilliant um, fundraiser for, for, for a great woman as well yeah 100% cycle for Emer and um, that's Emer Murray that's, it, it's Eamon's daughter isn't it it uh, is yeah, um, yeah. ladies manager um, and uh, you know anybody who can uh, you know get involved with the with, with, with the fundraiser or donate to the fundraiser go to their social media pages and you'll find the GoFundMe link, or just go to GoFundMe and look for Cycle for Emer, and you'll find it as well. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Any more from Instagram, Davey? That's it, Mick. Nothing from PS Tapes? No. We yeah. Earlier start today, might yeah, have caught him on the hop. That's what I'd say it is. Yeah, the earlier start today, we'll catch him on the hop. But we'll have maybe two messages from him for next week's podcast, so, which will be interesting. And um, Again, we want to uh, just remind us, that on our Loyal Royals podcast, we did the interview with Bernard Flynn last week. And, um, you know, absolutely brilliant. We had Joe Heary as well, as we said, uh, the legend from Navino Matneys, the 92-year-old. And uh, on this week's uh, podcast, Davey Rispin, we have we, we are back with Memory Lane and the, the programme um, podcast. So we picked out three programmes from 
uh, Davy's little box of uh, programs. And uh, the three that we picked out are uh, 2007 and 2008 and the 2009 game, if I'm not wrong. Leinster Championship against Kildare in 2007. Uh, 2008 was against Carlo, was it? And 2009 was uh, the league... Um, Allianz, Come on, Football, Mickey. Allianz Football League round two, uh, division two, and it was against Fermanagh, and that game was played in Park Dodge. And that's me doing looking at my notes. Well done, well done. Yeah, so um, you know we'll be bringing you back a really memorable game that one, a really memorable game um, that one, uh, the, the Fermanagh game in Park Dodge. Um, yeah, really, really forgettable. Uh, Davey, you were about to say. Yeah, we also have uh, Longwood's best 10, Mickey. And the final one is we're going to have an Ask Goffey with uh, top inter-county referee from Slane, David Goff. He's going to be coming on to answer um, some of our listeners' questions about rules and new rules and old rules and common misconceptions and all sorts of things. And he's going to be also explaining the new rules to us as well. So do tune in for that. Yeah, and if anybody has any questions, get in contact with us on our social media. Um, and let us know what your questions are for Goffey. It's something that we discussed last year and we talked about with David Goff. We said we'd bring him on um, at regular intervals and, you know, let you listeners throw the questions at him. Um, and as long as they're fair, we'll ask the questions. So, um, yeah, do get in contact with us. Again, we just want to announce Q Kangaroo is an app platform for food and beverage retailers. The Q Kangaroo app is the safe, convenient way to get tasty local food fast. Select from menus in local cafes, restaurants, and more in your area and prepay on the app so you can skip the queue when collecting or have it delivered to you. Uh, the app is available to use across Mead and has now gone live in Dunboyne, Dunchocklin, and Rathold. And remember, you get a special €5 Euro when you spend €20 Euro or more. You just have to use the code WEARMEAD at the checkout. So it's all one word. It's all capital letters. We are mead. If you love food and you hate queuing, Q Kangaroo is the app for you. Download now on the App Store and Play Store. That's it for this episode of the We Are Mead podcast. We are mead. Why? It matters more. <laughs>